Welcome to Speeding Past 80. This is Ann Cabrera with an author interview with Glennis Nellis, and she writes children's picture books. Uh, Glennis, do you do other books too, or you focus on picture books? Just picture books right now, and well, picture books and board books for children, yep. And I'm so glad to have her here. Uh, we're going to talk about her new book, and I have a copy of Wherever You Go right here. I read it, and I read it with an idea of, well, I'm going to read it, and I'll know what's in it. And it was so lovely that I read it again and again. Aww. And I think I read it because of the aura of joy your writing has. <laughs> and I think that that is so important today. You know, I look around at our children and our hurried world and so many things happening. And I just am wondering how we share joy with our children. Mm -hmm. And you do that so well. Aww. But first, I'd like to know a little more about you. Mm -hmm. How did a woman from a village in northern England end up in Grand Rapids, Michigan? <laughs> well, um, it's a long story, Anne, but I'll try to give you the brief synopsis, okay? Okay. So I'm married to a pastor. David is a pastor in, in England. It was the Methodist Church. Here it's the United Methodist Church, but pretty much the same denomination you know so we were living in England we have four grown children but they were all young back in 1999 which is I'm not very good at math but it's like 24 years ago or something they were all very young then and the Methodist Church has this international exchange program for pastors and you can exchange well it's really to exchange churches so it's an invitation to go and preach and experience ministry anywhere in the world it's absolutely amazing and it takes place for six weeks during the summer and so basically if you want to participate in the exchange you don't just swap churches you swap homes and cars you know so wherever you go you get to live in that pastor's home you get to drive that pastor's car you get to preach in that pastor's church and so it's a wonderful way not just to experience ministry but to experience a whole new life really you know in this big old world that God made and so we poured over this map 24 years ago in Liverpool, which is where we were living. David had three churches and we said to our young kids at the time, where do you want to go in the world? <laughs> and they said, America, let's go to Disney World. <laughs> and we came to Michigan. <laughs> but I mean, we didn't know how far away Disney World was, but so we came in the summer of 1999 to a boiling hot Michigan summer and completely fell in love with not just the weather and the fact that you can actually swim in a lake, which you cannot do in England, but it was the people, and it was the people in the United Methodist Church where my husband got to preach. It was the people, they were just, they fell in love with us and we fell in love with them. Mm. And so after that six weeks, then we did some soul searching. We had like a family vote and we said, could we come back to Michigan on a five-year visa and just 
really explore ministry further. And that's what we did. In 2000, we came back on a five-year visa. It was very scary, but we knew we could go back home if it didn't work out. But evidently, it worked out because 23 years later, we're still here. That's wonderful. And your kids are all grown. Do they live here or do they live in England? They're all here. Yeah, it's wonderful. And we have what we call American grandchildren now. (laughs) Yeah, we're all here. You know, that reminds me of uh, your grandson who gave you the idea for wherever you wherever you are. I know. I know. Anne, And it's an You know, it's just amazing, this journey we call life. I often wonder if I'd stayed in England. I was a teacher in England, so I have always loved books. I've always loved reading to children. I used to write my own poems for my classrooms in England. But I often wonder, would I have become an author if I hadn't moved to the United States? You know, because it was here. When I stepped out of teaching and I became a Christian education director, it was here that I started writing the Bible stories, you know, for my Sunday school teachers and wondered if I could possibly be an author and write a book of Bible stories. And so I don't know if I would have been an author in England, but I'm sure glad that the doors opened for me here, you know. We are too. And who encouraged you along the way? Who were two or three of your most, I know there were many. Well, I have to give the credit. My number one encourager has always and is always my husband, David. Yes. He, he, he's a very optimistic guy anyway. He's fun to be around. And when I first started on the journey, he's, you know, he was rooting for me. He believed in me. He thought I could do it. And, and I gave up on my first book. If anybody's listening to this podcast who aspires to be a writer, whether for children or adults or teens or whatever, I hope you listen right now because there's this thing called imposter syndrome where we feel like we are imposters, like we're not good enough to be an author, you know. And I I guess that's what I was suffering from. I didn't know the term of it at the time, but I started writing my first book in 2008 and promptly quit halfway through. Yes, I did. I gave up Anne and it sat on the bookshelf gathering dust for over a year until my husband said, where's your book? And I said, oh, that I, I'm not good enough. You know, I just didn't feel like I was good enough. And, you know, I said, I quit. What's the point? And he he was the one who said, get that book off the shelf and get it finished, you know. And he, re- you know, he, he said a funny thing to me. He said, what would have happened, Glennis, if Noah had only built half an ark? <laughs> and it was just what I needed. You know, I thought, OK, David's right. You know, God can't publish half a book. And so. He, without him encouraging me, I wouldn't have finished that book. And I think about all those authors, all those writers who have half written books on a dusty bookshelf, you know. Yeah, I can see you raising your hand. But but it's imposter syndrome is so real. And I think if God has given us this gift, we must, our part is to finish the task 
that God called us to and then see where God takes us, you know. Well, you know, I think that is so true. In fact, it calls to mind the first great lie, wasn't it, that we weren't good enough the way we were? Absolutely. That's right. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's we, we need we don't need to listen to those lies. They're so much easier to listen to, you know. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, I do want to talk about your books and wherever you are, the illustrations are beautiful. And these this was illustrated by Sean James. Yes. Yes. I do. I've never met her. She, I think, is originally from Hong Kong. And, you know, it's a scary thing. And when you write a picture book, and I am traditionally published, this book is published by Beaming Books. And that means that I relinquish control of the illustrations. And you pray, you keep your fingers crossed, and you hope that you will like the finished result. And how could I not? Because Sean James really brought my words to life. It's colorful and there are fun details in for children. And most of all, I don't know if you noticed, but there is so much diversity in the pages. And, you know, not only in terms of skin tones, but there's a little child with a hearing aid and there's somebody in a wheelchair. And a great illustrator will do that because children need to find themselves in the pages of our book. She really seemed to understand what you were trying to do. I think and, so. And I I just, um, you know, this takes children through life, through the seasons, but also through emotions, mm-hmm. through sadness and joy and mm-hmm. just wherever you are, you know, God is there. It's always a good thing that God is there, but it may not feel like a good thing at the moment. Mm-hmm. You know, God is always there. Even if uh, you're lonely or even if uh, you're afraid, the, the emotion doesn't feel good, but God is there with you. Right. That's right. There, and that's really what I wanted to capture in the book, that, as you said, God is with us in every physical space, in every season, but in every emotional space, too. So no matter where we are or what we're doing or what we're going through, God is with us. And, you know, I think that's what's missing among younger generations. There's such a loneliness because they feel as though they are alone, that no one understands. Mm -hmm. But they don't understand is that we are each surrounded by this immense love Mm -hmm. that cares so much for each one of us. Mm -hmm. They don't know they are loved by something greater than what this world can offer mm-hmm. yeah it's so, that the truth and so anytime we can reinforce that message is a wonderful privilege I feel I do too and I think um I just remember the old saying about joy is a sure sign of the presence of God mm-hmm. and you know I think joy comes through loud and clear in this book And the rest of your books, too. And I have another one I want to talk to you about, too. But I also wanted to encourage parents, grandparents, aunts, uncles, when you're buying those Easter baskets, the candy will soon be gone. But after the candy, it would be so nice to have a book to snuggle up with with a child. And I would just like to encourage parents to consider wherever you are. And also the next book. Twas the morning of Easter. 
<laughs> yes, and another good thing is that um, books don't rot your teeth, do they? No, they don't. <laughs> they don't. And you can enjoy them over and over and over. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Twas the morning of Easter. I was surprised when I read it because it really is a fresh take on mm -hmm. Twas the Night Before Christmas. Mm -hmm. you know, Twas the Night Before Christmas is all about getting material things. Mm -hmm. But Twas the Morning of Easter is about the greatest gift we've been given. It flips that old story on its head with such a great gift. And it begins with an illustration of the empty tomb. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was just a perfect place to mm. begin mm -hmm. as the day gets brighter and brighter as the realization that the world has been made new. Yes, and that's right. And I think what you're alluding to is probably the use of light in this book, that it starts off a little, that really evocative scene outside the tomb where so we know Jesus is already dead. but. Um, the illustrator, her name is Elena Selivanova, and what she did was she started sort of in the gloominess of that dark cave, but as you turn the pages, it gets lighter and brighter, and the hope of the resurrection begins to shine. But um, this book is actually the second in the Twas series, oh. and so you had mentioned the Clement Seymour classic, The Night Before Christmas. That book, I'm sure all your listeners, um, all your readers know that story. I read it to my grandchildren. My parents read it to me. I mean, I read it to my children and my grandchildren. My parents read it to me on Christmas Eve. And so it was taking that book that inspired the Twas series. So the first book in the series is not the night before Christmas, but it's towards the evening of Christmas. That first book, Clement Seymour's classic, you can hopefully you can recognize the rhythm and the meter and some yes. of the familiar language. But that book celebrates the birth of Jesus because, yes. you know, who's the real hero? I mean, I'm not against Santa or anything, but Jesus is the real hero. And so that was the first book I wrote using his familiar rhyme and rhythm and then towards the morning of easter is actually the second in this series and and it was not even my idea i think because the first book was such a success and a lot of churches used it you know on christmas eve my editor said to me have you thought of writing a follow-up and call it was the morning of easter you know so i i remember saying no, but I'll go and write that right now, you know. <laughs> and so that was how this book was born from my editor's idea. But yeah, I think we use the same illustrator. And I think for me, it was wonderful to begin after the death of, you can't get to the resurrection without the death of Jesus. But writing about the death of Jesus for little ones is tricky. It's a big responsibility, you know. And so to be able to start outside the empty tomb where children know Jesus is dead, um, it's a great place to start because 
it's there's only one way to go and that's up you know <laughs> absolutely and the illustrations did add so much to this too they're quite different than the illustrations in wherever you are but they were perfect for this book yes I think so yes and you know again how could I be disappointed they're so evocative and rich in her use of um, color and I, my favorite page is where Mary Magdalene is looking into the eyes of Jesus. I know you have the book with you, but that yes. is my favorite page because the expressions in their eyes. So if anybody hasn't read Towards the Morning of Easter, it really is Mary Magdalene's story. It's the story of the resurrection through her eyes. And who better because she was the first witness to his resurrection you know absolutely well Glennis I am really really glad to be able to talk to you about your work and I hope people will go to Amazon or their local bookstore or wherever they get books and pull your name up and look at all the books you've written can you tell us one last thing that you'd like to add anything you'd like to add about your work or about your books or about children well I First of all, I would just like to thank you for spending time with me today. It's always fun to chat with you, and I really appreciate your podcast and what you're doing. And so that was the first thing, just to say thank you. And the second thing was your readers might be interested to know that next Lent, they'll be able to buy Twas the Season of Lent. Nice. Yes, yeah, so that will actually be the fourth one in the Twas series. Last year, I think it was last year or maybe the year before, Twas the Season of Advent was mm -hmm. released. But Twas the Season of Lent, using the same illustrator and based again on that same Clement Seymour classic, that's 40 devotions and stories for children and families. So that's a fun thing to be looking out for. Well, I hope you will come back and talk to us when that comes out. We would oh. love to have you back again. Oh, thank you so much, Anne. And I should add that those books, the Twas series, are published by Zonda Kids. I, I work with four different publishers, so I always like to give them credit. Oh, I meant to do that, too. Yes, I did notice. And there are other publishers you work with, too. You said two others. Yes, I'm also published with Our Daily Bread. They publish my little board books. It's called Good News Series. Good mm -hmm. News, it's Easter, is um, being read by lots of little ones right now. And the other publisher who I will be published with in 2024 is Paraclete Press. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, and uh, I hope people will look for these and get them with their Easter baskets to give to the kids, and we will look forward to seeing you again. Oh, thank you so much, Anne. It was a joy.